Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. As Joshua would say, we're going to get this road on the show by talking about this wide receiver group. To, uh, excuse me, Jalen Waddle came out on Monday and just kind of talked about how important this bye week was. Nine weeks into the season, it came at the ideal time. So, gentlemen, I feel like we all kind of expected more from Jalen Waddle this year, and understandably so. He's dealt with some injuries. I think uh, uh, oblique. Uh, he got rolled up on against the Chiefs because there wasn't an injury report last week. But if there was, I'm sure he would have been on it. He missed the game with a concussion. And I mean, think I'm even missing one more injury. Back, on there. back injury. Yeah. Back injury. So how do we feel about Jalen Waddle's recovery and if he's just absolutely going to take off to the moon in the second half of the season? It sounds like Jalen Waddle's been hanging out with Teron Armstead too much because he needs to he needs to get the little That's Giants too treatment. Soon. Too soon. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to he's he needs to show up to these games wrapped in bubble wrap. I think if uh, if we're gonna keep Jalen Waddle healthy, hopefully, like you like you said there, Jake. Hopefully, this bye week was at the perfect time for him. He's able to get rested, recovered, and hopefully, he can avoid the injury bug for the rest of the season. You know, people are saying it's a little bit of a down year for Jalen Waddle, but with the litany of injuries you just listed off, why wouldn't it be? It's, it's hard to to fight through some of that stuff. And we've already talked about how cautious this regime is with injuries so they're going to sit you if, if you're not uh if you're not feeling quite up to the test so Jalen Waddle did miss a game he's been in and out of a, a couple others so the stats are a little bit down now he's still on pace for over a thousand yards this year uh and and you have to think maybe some more attention is going to be paid to Tyreek Hill over these last few games seeing what he did uh, this first half of the season. So maybe that opens things up for Jalen Waddle a little bit. Maybe that allows him to to kind of get back to the Jalen Waddle that we all know and love that he has been his first couple of years in the National Football League. But time will certainly tell. But he's got to get healthy first. He does, and it is an unfortunate um, season for him. I mean, we talked about it in the offseason. He got stronger, right, got bigger. We thought, you know, um, adding on that muscle, does that maybe make him play a little bit more reckless, and maybe that's why he's getting banged up? I don't know, but not having Jalen Waddle out there is definitely um, not ideal for this offense. Looks like he caught 40, 59 passes for 522 yards and three touchdowns. Um, when you compare that to Tyreek Hill, it's 1,076 yards. I mean, Tyreek has double the number of yards he has um, over double the touchdowns and um, they, he missed what Jalen Waddle technically one game. So you want to see him out there. You want to see him build upon that year we had last season. And um, again, when Jalen Waddle's working, when he's healthy, working on all cylinders, I mean, this offense is hard to stop. So um, we need to get Jalen Waddle back and healthy as soon as we can. Hopefully um, that's this week against the Raiders as it sounds, but um, uh, not the best season for Jalen Waddle. Not what we expect anyway, as Dolphin fans. You know me, big math guy. Dolphins have played nine games. Waddle's been active for eight of them. At 522 yards, uh, Merrick, I set the over-under at 1,100 yards. Does Ooh. Waddle surpass it? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, you got there's a lot of things you can take into consideration there. You know, I think if he stays healthy, he probably does pass that. But he's just dealing with a lot right now. Um, Devon Achan coming back to, to the game this weekend. And, and Mike McDaniel... Uh, might be more inclined to call a few more runs and that certainly wouldn't help pad Waddle's stats here. So, you know, controversial, but I think I'm going to take the under. I think I'm taking the under of 1100 yards for Jalen Waddle. If he hit that under Josh, would that disappoint you? What was it? 1100? Yeah. Is that what you said? 
I don't know that I'd be disappointed because if he's missing it, it's only by a little, right? I mean, he's probably pretty damn close to that 1,000-yard mark as it stands. So um, I won't be disappointed. But, again, you expect more out of him. I'm looking at the targets here, and he has doubled the targets as the next guy in line, which is Braxton Berrios. So um, between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I mean, those are your one-two punch. And um, when that that second uh, punch isn't really hitting as hard as it has in years past, it's just not the same. So um, I, I think I'm going to go with the over, though. You didn't ask me. I'm going to say he goes over that. But I won't be upset if he went under unless we're looking at what? He has 522 right now. He gets up to, you know, 700. Then he missed probably a couple more games. And um, then I would be a little bit upset. But I think Jalen Waddle is going to hit over 1,000 yards. And um, can we factor in some of these playoff games, right? If you factored in the playoff game, I'm going to say easily over 1,100. It's <laughs> Interesting to see how Waddle's season has gone. Early in the year, he was averaging five, six targets. He really ballooned against the Giants with 10 targets. At home against the Patriots, 12 targets. And then six in Germany. We mentioned it. He was dealing with that injury. His three games with the highest targets. Actually, the more I look at it, breaking math on the spot, uh, Miami's three home games so far this year, he's had at least nine targets, nine, 10, and 12. Everything else has been five or six. So right there, right away, tells me, Merrick, I'm going to go against you a little bit. I think Sunday might be a Waddle game. I think they're actually going to be the safest with Devon Achan. I think you're looking at Baltimore late in the season. You're looking at Buffalo. That's when you want Achan. I think the offense is just might still just try to lean them in, five, ten carries, something like that. It'll disappoint a lot of people. Uh, but, man, Waddle at home is a bet that I think I'm talking myself into as we speak. Yeah, and, you know, Flip a coin here, over, under. I hope he goes over as well. I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's a great, great player, and I think this team is much better when he's firing on all cylinders. Again, it's just going to come down to health with him, especially this season. So, I mean, fingers crossed that he gets healthy, stays healthy, contributes to this offense. This offense, you know, it's it's – I don't want to say it's stalled over the last few weeks, but it's not where it was earlier in the season. So they had a bye week to, to kind of work out some of these kinks a little bit, get HN back – and maybe focus a little bit more on Waddle and, and stop force-feeding the ball to Tyreek Hill, uh, which would only probably piss off Hill since his goal is to hit the 2,000-yard mark. And he's, you know, right now I think he's projected for like 2,036 or something like that. So it's it's getting close. It's getting close to that 2,000 mark, and he's going to want his target. So we'll see if there's any uh, contention there if some of these balls start going to Waddle. I doubt it. Tyreek Hill seems like a great teammate. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean – uh, over under, like I said, I hope he goes over as well. I, I think I was just trying to be a contrarian because I knew y'all were going to go over. <laughs> Josh, you brought up an wanna... interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. It. We're not doing the nod thing. You go ahead. What were you going to say? Let's hear this interesting point. So yesterday, I wrote an article for the Finsider about the Dolphins open or actually activating River Craycraft, and I didn't read my title over, it, and I just put Rivercraft has been activated and I really wanted to leave <laughs> nice. it because it would have actually kind of made sense. Um, but before I get into some uh, wide receiver three talk, Josh, uh, did you, did you have a final waddle point? I, I, I honestly don't remember what I was going to say. I think I was going to try to transition into this wide receiver three talk. So um, that's perfect. Jake, let's talk about wide receiver three. We're just running in circles and I love it. Welcome to another Dolphins podcast. Josh, you brought up an interesting point there talking about waddle, how he's had 59 targets on the year. Next up for the Dolphins, Braxton Barrios has 25. So, guys, what do you think happens in the second half of the season at wide receiver three? Now, I know this isn't the most exciting position to talk about, but 
Merrick, you said it. The offense hasn't been too great in recent weeks. It's looked very awkward, and I think part of that is because you, they don't have that third comfortable option at receiver. Against the Chiefs, Cedric Wilson was targeted five times. He only caught one of those passes. Uh, Braxton Berrios didn't have a single target. River Craycraft, he was averaging four, five, six targets early in the season before he got hurt against the Denver Broncos. All of said Wilson's targets came after that week. So, guys, is a wide receiver three potentially what this Miami Dolphins offense needs to just feel a little more comfortable, maybe not score 70, but look a little less awkward than a high school or even go a middle school dance? Well, I, that's the thing about this Dolphins offense. I don't think you're ever going to get a solidified wide receiver three. You know, they're going to be moving guys in and out. I think Craycraft coming back is actually a, a big thing for this offense. Not necessarily in the receiving department, though. I think he is the best blocking receiver on this team, and it could actually help, uh, you know, get this run game back on track a little bit, help Acham when he comes back too. But also, you know, he can block on, on some of these wide receiver screens to Waddle and to Hill as well. So I think the Craycraft, uh, you know, addition, him coming back is huge for this offense. Again, maybe not necessarily as a receiver. I think Braxton Berrios can be used and he can step up and get some of these third down grabs, you know, these these move the change, excuse me, move the chains type receptions. You know, he's not going to be catching 20, 25 yard bombs, you know, from from Tua here, but but he can do some more. I'd like to see Chase Claypool get a little bit more run here. Uh, you know, he He's been down the last couple seasons in Chicago, but his rookie year in, in Pittsburgh and his second year in Pittsburgh, he was a weapon. He was an offensive weapon, and he can be used in a lot of different ways, and his blocking has also been pretty good. So I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved as he continues to get more comfortable with this, you know, very challenging, very difficult to learn offense. You know, he had a, a, an off week, a bye week here to, to work on some things. Now, I did just see on Twitter that he didn't practice today. Neither did Braxton Berrio. So we'll have to see what's going on with those two. But I think for me personally, I really would like to see Chase Claypool get involved in it. And if he can contribute in the pass game and the run game, you know, with his big frame, he can be a, a, a big an end slot. zone. Yeah, there you go. Big slot. You know, move all over the field. I don't care where you line up. Line up in the backfield. Take some of those those uh, Debo carries that that uh, we've been looking for ever since the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel. Uh, and he's just a big body that you can use in the red zone, in the end zone. You know, I, I liked uh, – I liked Cedric Wilson's one catch he had in Kansas city. Cause it was for a touchdown and it was a ball that Tua just kind of threw it up there and said, Hey, 50, 50 ball, go up and get it said. And uh, Claypool's bigger than Cedric Wilson is. So, you know, he can go up there and, and win some of those contested catches. So for me personally, let's get Claypool involved. I'd like to unlock some of his potential. Yeah, I won't mind seeing that vending machine out there catching passes, but I think you um you kind of touched on it, Jake. I mean, River Craycraft, what he brings to the table, it's all those little things, right? The blocking, you know, he has his offense down to a T. He's almost like an extra coach out in the field, but I think it's going to be Cedric Wilson that we see start to kind of emerge. I don't know what it is between him and Tua Tungvaluwa. Um, I think he might have worked for that perform, right, in the summertime. Maybe they got some extra reps in there. I think uh, Ced earned the nickname Ced the Onion Head or whatever, but I feel like these last few weeks you've really seen him start to come out prove that he can, you know, be an asset, whether it be catching those passes in the red zone, doing some of that grit work, like making those blocks, 
in the run game. So um, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm going to put my money on maybe Cedric Wilson. I know it won't be Robbie Chosen, right? As painful as that is to say, it won't be Robbie Chosen. I'd love to see the vending machine Chase Claypool step up, but the way things are starting to go, I think it might be Cedric Wilson's time to earn some of that money. I mean, I'd hope to be Braxton Berrios, but um, you look at that um, difference in the targets between Waddle and Hill and then down to Barrios. I mean, even Durham Smythe, when you're looking at the targets, has a chance to to kind of push for more targets as the season progresses. But we want someone to step up. And after these last few weeks, I'm going to put my money on said the onion head. Who called him a vending machine? That, that got Tyreek. <laughs> Definitely Tyreek. <laughs> what an awesome, awesome way to describe a wide receiver. Um, what an interesting dynamic for wide receiver three, because I do think it's going to be important down the stretch. Uh, Braxton Berrios has been dealing with a couple injuries himself, so I think that plays a role. Uh, Josh, you foreshadowed it a little bit. So the Dolphins now have seven wide receivers on the active roster. Devon Achan's about to come back, and I think this could maybe be the end for a fan favorite receiver. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I, I think this might be farewell for Robbie Chosen. I was gonna let Merrick talk. Merrick, you want to get in on this? I know you haven't. You, well, you never thought his uh, Space Ranger visor and those cool dreads. You never were. Um, that never got you excited. But I can't say the same for me. No, I I was excited for his speed, and I thought he was another guy who who could stretch the field. But it just hasn't really clicked for him, and he hasn't been you know active for a number of games. And even when he was, he hasn't been used. I don't know if you have his stats up there on the on the screen there, Jake, but. Uh, you know, he, he's being paid a little bit of coin here to do nothing, to not to not, not catch footballs, at least not catch footballs from Tua Tungabailoa. He does have the one touchdown on the year, but that came from Mike White in garbage time against the Broncos. Actually, most of that game was just garbage time. Uh, great garbage time, though. We loved watching that. But yeah, Robbie Chosen, I don't think he's going to be long for the Miami Dolphins. Like you said, it, Jake, it's a numbers game. Seven receivers. You're not going to carry that. Uh, for the rest of the season and if these guys are starting to get healthy and you get somebody like Craycraft back like they just did today uh, I think Robbie Chosen is going to be on the outs sooner than later I, I don't know what you want me to say you want me to shed a tear I've been through Preston Williams Isaiah Ford we can <laughs> we can deal with Robbie Chosen being kicked to the curb I mean I, I did raise my eyebrow when you say he's getting paid I mean isn't he making like minimum to do um, basically he has the same numbers as Chase Claypool they both have two catches except um, Robbie chosen that touchdown. Yep. Let's not forget that. But I mean, could he fall in the practice squad? Could he not be a guy that maybe they see something in that, you know, in case we're in oh, a yeah. situation again, a couple weeks down the road, which, um, you know, knock on wood, we're not in that situation, but based on the way these first few weeks have gone, we might need help later in the season. But, um, I think when Robbie chosen first came here, we knew that it was an uphill battle for him, but we were hoping, at least I was hoping. And I got that one touchdown and to see him wear that visor. So I'm a happy guy. Point. So Braxton Berrios is third on the team with 25 targets. Raheem Moster is fourth with 24. Durham Smythe has 22. And then there's Salvan Ahmed with 20. Gentlemen, as we wrap no, up No, that here, can't be true. Really? Bananas. Jeff Wilson has seven targets in three games. I'd like to speak to a manager about that one. Uh, but who ends the season with the third most targets on the Miami Dolphins? Real quick, around the circle. Um, I'm going to go Braxton Berrios. We're going targets? Yeah, he's at what? Are we going? To... Damn, I was going to throw out uh, Devon Achan, but I don't think that can be. So we'll, uh, I'll go Cedric Wilson. 
it's, it's going to be Braxton Barrios, though. But we do got to give him credit because he made some clutch. You know, there were a couple clutch uh, catches he made early in the season. You just hope to see more of that and less of him uh, dating different TikTok stars or Instagram models or whatever the hell I get tagged in all the time <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, he was one of the sexiest men alive, right? Sexiest athletes alive, right? But I don't I know the so. difference between these Alexes. Fourth? fourth, yeah. He, he I mean, he's he just looks looking. like a, needs, a, a middle school a, social studies teacher. That's what I. I'm I gonna know. go. That's I'm gonna. I'm like. gonna be Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe is somehow in the league leading offense. Durham Smythe is gonna finish third in targets. Oh, I thought you were saying who the sexiest Miami Dolphin was. I think Durham Smythe deserves that. He's handsome. He's 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 true grit. He's what you need. He's better than Mike Gesicki. Is he better than Mike Gesicki? Can we confirm that? Move on. That's that's crazy. I'm I'm gonna go with Jalen Waddle. He's so smooth. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, are we talking about third and targets again? Are you saying we're talking <laughs> handsome? Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle. So I'm going Jalen Phillips. Jalen Jalen Phillips has to be up. There. You like you like that? Yeah. He's got 47 abs.